जराधा मारवा कुंज बिहारी जराधा मारवा कुंज जराधा मारवा कुंज Come on. 
Jayo Radha Madhava Kunjabi Hari Shri-radha-karo-chan-ji-ki-je Gauravani Pacharine Nirvisesa Sunyavari Paschatya Dishatharine Om Namo Bhagavate Bhashudevaya Om Namo Bhagavate Bhashudevaya Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya So I am puzzled. It says we are on Canto 1, Chapter 11, Text 10. But another verse is written on the board. Well, that solves the mystery. Text 11. See? Eleven, eleven. Don't believe everything you read. Even in the Hare Krishna temple, you could... Could happen there. Okay, so. Madhu Bhuja Visharnaharha See if these work. Kukurandaka Vishnibihi Atma Tulya Bhalaya Guttam Maghaya Bhogavati Eva Madhu Bhoja Dasaharha Dasharharha Kukulan Dakavishnibihi Atma Tuya Balar Guttang Naghar Bhagavati Miva Madhu Bhoja Dashar Harha Kukuran Dakavishnibihi Atma Tulya Balagutam Naghar Bhogavatim Iva 
Madhu Bhajadushar Harha Kukharan Dakabrishnimihi Atma Tulya Bala Guptam Nagar Bhagavatim Eva Madhu Bhaja Dushar Harha Kurandaka Brishni Bihi Atma Tulya Balagutan Nagar Bhogabhatim Hiva Madhubhaja Dushar Harha Kurandaka Vishni Bihi Atma Tuya Bala Guptam Who else wants to chant? Anyone else? Word meanings. Madhu. Madhu. Boja. Boja. Dasarha. Dasarha. Arha. Arha. Kukura. Kukura, Andaka, Andaka, Vishnibihi, by the by the descendants of Vishnu, Atmatulya, as good as himself, Balai, by strength, Uptam, protected, Naghai. By the Nagas, Bhogavatim, the capital of Nagaloka, Eva, like. Translation, as Bhogavati, the capital of Nagaloka, is protected by the Nagas, so was Dwarka protected by the descendants of Brishni, namely Bhoja, Madhu, Dasarha, Arha, Kukura, Andaka, etc., 
who were, who were as strong as Lord Krishna. Report. The Nagaloka planet is situated below the earth planet. And it is understood that the sun rays are hampered there. The darkness of the planet is, however, removed by the flashes of the jewels set on the heads of the Nagas, celestial serpents. And it is said there are beautiful gardens, rivulets, etc., for the enjoyment of the Nagas. It is understood here also that the place is well protected by the inhabitants. So also, the city of Dwarka was well protected by the descendants of Brishni, who were as powerful as the Lord, insofar as he manifested his strength upon the earth. Mukam karutiva chalam pangulam gayate girin Yakripa tamaham bande Siguru dinatarinam Banshaka paturubhyascha Kripa sindubhyayevacha Patitanam pavanebhyo Vaishnavebhyo namo namaha Si Krishna chaitana prabhu nithananda Shri Adaita Gadhadhara, Shri Vashari Gaur Bhakta Brinda, Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare, Hare Rama, Hare Rama, Rama Rama, Hare Hare. Shri Prabhupada Ki Jai. We learn in school, that the sun is stationary. Is that correct? And the planets go around the sun. Then you go to the Bhagavatam and it says the sun goes around the planets. The sun is traveling. Um, All right, that's one leap of faith. The next leap of faith is it's traveling on a chariot. And um, and there's another story where uh, sometimes the travel could be slowed down for different purposes by kings who were powerful. And so one devotee asked Prabhupada uh, at the end of a class, there's no question about this. And Prabhupada said, why are you asking? And she said, it's hard to believe. And it's true. And now we're reading... There's a planet of snakes. There is a planet. I once made this vow I never kept, which was to carry a screwdriver with me because every temple I go to, this is always loose. And I could come and tighten. Anyone have a screwdriver or a coin? This is an eternal phenomena. Yeah, right there. I actually did travel with the screwdriver, but I never brought it to Bhagavatam class. So I was halfway there. Yeah, okay. Yeah. If I've done anything for the Dallas Temple, I tighten the mic stand. That might be my greatest contribution during this trip. So um, so she said, 
This is really hard to believe that there's a, you know, a chariot and a, and a God of the sun and kings that could influence. And then one king decided, I don't like the way the sun's working, I'll make my own. Right, yeah. Yeah, right. So she's asking, and Prabhupada's asking, well, why are you asking? So, well, it's hard to believe. And Prabhupada said, what do you know? He said, you're one little tiny person, a little tiny perception. You hardly know what's going on on this planet. What do you know of the universe or other universes? So um, I think that's a good answer to meditate on. Like, how much do we know? So in 1969, I was a student at the University of California, Los Angeles, known as UCLA. And as an undergraduate, they had you had to take physics, you had to take chemistry, you had to take language classes, English literature, and so forth. So one of the first days of my physics class, the teacher was explaining some theory, and then he was explaining the history of the theory. He said, well, in 1896, they believed this, but then so-and-so discovered that, and so the theory changed in 1912. But in 1926, so-and-so made a great breakthrough and proved the former theory to be wrong and discovered the new law, law of such-and-such. But then 1936, so-and-so came along and found that there was a flaw in that theory and developed the theory of such-and-such. And he brought us up to the 1969 current, and he said, this is the current theory, and I am sure there will be new theories in the future. I'm going, great. You know, you can tell my father you're spending $50,000 a year so I can learn something that's going to be proven wrong in 10 years. Okay. Um, that uh, part that was partially uh, forming my joining the Hare Krishna movement uh, after um, and then and then um, I transferred to Berkeley and Berkeley is a very liberal place and if you're a professor it's more difficult now but in those days if you're a professor and you were, were teaching for a certain period of time they would give you what's called tenure, which means they couldn't fire you. And if you can't get fired, you're kind of free to do whatever you want because you can't fire me. So what this professor did um, made it easy for us and easy for him. The first day of class, he was a philosophy professor. He said, I don't know anything. Great. You know, another I don't know anything class. He said, I don't know anything. And he said, in fact... Why waste your time coming to my class if I don't know anything? He actually said that. You believe it? I'm not making this up. And he said, just write a paper. You know, just pick a topic, write a paper, and give yourself a grade. That, that was Berkeley, 1969. Yeah, that's why I went to school there. Yeah, that was that was why I chose that school. Um, so here I am, not yet a devotee, but looking at the world. And um, then going going to other classes and teachers teaching and students asking questions and sometimes the teacher saying, I don't know the answer. 
or that question is debatable, it's controversial, uh, some people say this, some people say that. So I'm growing up listening to this. Like, okay. And then Prabhupada answers the question, so what do you know? Where have you been? You know. Well, I, I don't believe, you know, people always, you know, you, you tell people you're going to India at least 30 years ago, like, oh, you're going to India. But people are starving there. Why do you want to go there? I go, no, there's a lot of fat people there, you know. I never, I never saw anybody starve, you know. Um, so it's a conception, you know, an idea. So, so, um, you know, so many wrong ideas were, we, we were digesting. So now we hear the Bhagavatam, and as soon as I read this purport, I thought, okay, there's a planet, and the sun doesn't get there. Okay, go figure that one out. How did, how did it escape the sun? Like, what's blocking the sun? Right, number one. And the planet is run by snakes. So they must, you know, be pretty smart, you know, snakes. Um, they must be kind of more superpowered snakes. And um, they have jewels, and the jewels are bright. I mean, you know, jewels reflect sunlight, but I, I don't... I've never seen, I don't know. Have any of you seen a jewel that's bright in the dark? Anybody? You have? Which jewel is it? What's the name of it? Oh. The name of it is, I don't know jewel. Yeah, I haven't seen that one, but I trust you. So, um, you sure it was in the dark and no one was shining a light on it? At its own light? Wow. Nice. Anyway, they, these snakes have jewels on it, and they, the jewels, they don't need lights. It lights everything up. All right. So we have to jump through a few hoops to, um, to uh, digest that. Of course, if you're raised as a devotee, you're raised in India, this is like, well, whatever, you know, this is not, no big deal, right? But if you're raised in America and not raised as a devotee, like, okay, snakes have their own planet and they have jewels and the sun doesn't get there and they light it up. All right. You believe that? Yeah. And our answer is, what do you know? Where have you been? Have you been to that planet? Hare Krishna. So, um, one time, Prabhupada was in Los Angeles on a morning walk. And what Prabhupada liked to do on morning walks was the devotees would play the part of non-devotees. Like they would play the part of scholars and professors, academics, scientists. And the devotees would know what the current theories were. So they would present them to Prabhupada and say, Srila Prabhupada, the scientists say that. And then Prabhupada would respond. He would, you know, so they'd have these mock debates, like pretend debates. And um, so they'd be going back and forth. The scientists say this. Well, Rupa Goswami says this. But the, but, the, but the scientists say this. But Bhagavatam says this. So they'd be going back and forth. like, But Prabhupada, the scientists say this. But Bhagavad Gita says this. And then, you know, it, it was like the, the, the scientific argument started 
becoming a bit ridiculous. Sometimes they become quite ridiculous. Don't they? These people are, uh, some of these scientists have such IQs, they don't realize how stupid they are. Isn't it? Ever noticed that? They're so smart, they don't know how stupid they are. They can't imagine they don't, they're so smart, they can't imagine that they haven't figured everything out. Isn't it? I mean, they're geniuses. They just can't imagine they don't understand everything. So, um, so this conversation's going on back and forth, and Prabhupada said, he's just kind of like, okay, this is the conclusion. It's all about authority, so who are you going to listen to? Bhagavatam, Jiva Goswami, Rupa Goswami, Shukadeva Goswami, or are you going to listen to the latest scientific theory that will soon be disproven, just give enough time, or modified, or questioned, or restructured. Uh, so that's a very, um, I think, a simple conclusion because it's all about learning from some source. Just like sometimes we have conversations, right? And we're talking, and we'll say, and we'll be talking. All right, let's talk about something that everyone loves to talk about, which is vaccinations. I mean, what's more juicy than talking about vaccinations, right? I think it's the only thing people talk about these days. So, we're talking, let's say we're talking about vaccinations. You know, I'm like, well, I read the vaccinations are safe. Well, well, I read they're not safe. And they've got this and that in them. And if you take it, you could have heart trouble. Well, well, I read, you know, you could die if you don't take it. You know? So we're having this argument, but it's all based on authority, who you accept as an authority. And I'm not saying you're necessarily wrong, but, but it's you've decided to accept this person as authority, right? Isn't it? I don't trust these allopathic doctors you know, whatever they say, I don't believe it. I don't trust these naturopathic doc- doctors. They're a bunch of quacks and weirdos. I don't, whatever they say, I don't accept it. Isn't it? So, when you're getting knowledge, you have to decide, is this source, because, because, <laughs> it's like, how, have you, have you met the sun? How do you know the sun god doesn't exist? Well, you know, I never met him. Great. You know, that's, that's, we need a little more evidence than that. Like, how much do you know? So, how much do we know about anything? We know as much as we read, but it's from a source, which we accept as authority, isn't it? So you're having this argument, and it's really over who's the authority, because we don't even know, you know, like, were you in the, were you in the laboratory studying this? Well, this guy was, and he said this and that. Yeah, but this guy says he's an idiot, isn't it? This guy's talking and he's got like 26 degrees and everything he's saying is just going over your head and you're thinking, wow, this guy is smart. And some other guy comes on who's smarter than him and says he doesn't know what he's talking about. Isn't it? It's all, it happens all the time. So um, it's all about authority. So, you know, whenever there's a doubt, then the natural question comes up, well, if I doubt this, then, Shishiradha Kalachanji Kijai. Shishigorni Tai Kijai. 
जगन्नाथ बाबा देव सुभद्र जी की कौरे मनांदी हरि हरि So, you know, if there's some doubt, oh, this is really, I just read something in the Bhagavatam, it's really hard to believe. And I always think, this, you probably know this, this story, you know, the rough, tough brahmacharis um, in New York during Prabhupada's time, um, they were so rough and tough, but they were... They were not rough enough, they were not rough and tough enough not to be disturbed by the women who were chanting Japa in the temple room. So they decided, us rough and tough brahmacharis own the temple room and therefore the women should not be allowed because after all, everybody knows women are just a disturbance, right? Um, that was their thinking, you know. And we're, you know, the temple's really for us and we're just merciful and we're letting them live there, so why do we have to see them during Japa? That's uh, like they're thinking. <laughs> so they write Prabhupada a letter, of course, who tells them, you know, well, uh, you know, if you go out on the street, I think there's some women walking around. Have you noticed? You know, they're like they're, they actually are everywhere. But if you're disturbed, then I would suggest you find a mountain and climb to the top because there's probably no women there, and that way you could be quite peaceful. But unfortunately, we won't be able to spread Krishna consciousness if you do that. So. Get over it. Of course, Prabhupada didn't say it like I just said it, um, but that's basically what he said. <laughs> and then Prabhupada said something. It's so interesting. He said, "You know, this was this this has always been the system. Everyone's allowed in the temple. It was good enough for Ramanujacharya. It was good enough for you know Lord Brahm. Yeah, I forget who he said. It's good enough for Lord Bra- Ramanujacharya. You know, Madhvacharya." Lord Chaitanya, Rupa Goswami, but it's not good enough for you. you know, so it's like there's there's authority, and you know we have problems with authority, isn't it? Especially my generation, it was like question authority. You know, if you're an authority, I don't believe you, even if what you say is true, I don't believe it because you're an authority. I don't like authority. So I just heard a story um, about Prabhupada's disappearance. And it struck me. It was so interesting. It was a story about authority. But if you read the story, you wouldn't necessarily pick up on it. But I picked up on it, and I want to share it with you because I think it's it's quite important for us. So, in October of 1977, um, there were different Ayurvedic doctors. Sometimes Prabhupada was interested in them and sometimes not. He didn't necessarily like doctors because doctors tell you what to do. And then you have to restrict yourself and take this medicine 20 minutes before you eat and take that one a half hour after you eat and then take rest after you take it and then when you get up, take this. It's just, he didn't like that so much. But anyway, at one point, at one point, there was one Ayurvedic doctor and he said, I like him. And so the doctor came and gave the medicine. And whatever else, diet, medicine, although Prabhupada wasn't eating much. And so, at that point, when Prabhupada had the prescriptions, he was very concerned that the devotees who were serving him were conscientious enough to give him the medicines, the right medicine at the right time. 
And and when you read the story, you see how conscientious Prabhupada was. But he said something that struck in my mind. And Prabhupada said, we must follow the doctor. He is the authority. I thought, that's really interesting. Because, you know, you think of Prabhupada, the authority is the acharya, but you could see his mood was authority. You follow authority because you don't know. I don't know medicine. You follow the authority. So he was very, very concerned. No, but Prabhupada, do we really need to do this? Yes, he's the authority. We must follow the authority. And so we see that mood in Prabhupada, follow the authority. So, another example. There's a kirtan going on. Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare. Jai Sisi Radha Kalachan. Hare Ram, Hare Ram, Ram Ram, Hare Hare. And Prabhupada's hearing the kirtan. It's in Vrindavan. Bolo Hare Krishna. Stop that kirtan, he sends his secretary. Stop him, tell him not to chant bolo. And then brings him in to the room. Why are you chanting bolo before the Hare Krishna mantra? You know, it's like, who would think? You know, it's like innocent. Prabhupada, uh, but I, I heard it. Where did you hear? You know, from Gaudiya Math, Radhakun. No, no, I heard it from another devotee. You know, I said, that is not the Hare Krishna mantra. The Hare Krishna mantra is Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare, Hare Ram, Hare Ram, Ram Ram. No bolo. Uh, there was another kirtan. The same thing happened. In, was, I forget what it was. Um, Jai Hare Krishna or something. You know, I don't know what it was. Again, Prabhupada said, send his secretary down, tell him to stop. You know, so I'm reading this, and you know, my first reaction is, wow, who would have ever thought? What's going on in Prabhupada's mind? Deviation from authority. That is, it seems like a simple thing, right? So, you know, I come to Dallas and I'm, Bolo, Hare Krishna, Hare. And then Dharma leads the kirtan, he goes, Jaya, Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna. Maturnav leads the kirtan. He goes, Kalachanji Hare Krishna. You know, pretty soon we've got Bolo Jaya Kalachanji. Your next generation is Bolo Jaya Kalachanji Hare Krishna Hare Krishna. You know, like why are you doing that? And you know, they're only five years old. They hear they go, it's always done like that. So you know, so Prabhupada was really concerned uh, about deviation. So we think, why is he making a big deal about it? When it's just a little unconscious thing, bolo, you know, it's like bolo, chant, Hare Krishna. But one thing leads to another, leads to another, leads to another, leads to another, and pretty soon you have sahajya. So, authority, it was all about authority. This is how it's done. This is how it's always been done. Don't change it, right? So, uh, another, another thought that it's always helped me if if I ever question something, how could this be? I mean, if it's Shastra, of course. Jiva Goswami is said to be the greatest philosopher, actually, that ever lived. And you may know that when they wrote their books, they didn't edit them. They just came out perfect. Like, If I write something, at least, I have to go over it at least four times to even get it to a point where it's kind of, you know, coherent, and there's not too many typos. Then it goes to an editor. Then it goes to a proofreader, and even after it goes to a proofreader, usually there's some typo that they missed. 
And Jiva Goswami is writing very high philosophy in Sanskrit. No editing. just comes out perfectly. Okay. Um, not only that, he's not a mortal being of this world. Um, he's one of Radharani's intimate associates. So, so there's some doubt in my mind. How can this be? How can that be? And there you have Jiva Goswami, the greatest philosopher, elaborating on how it can be that way. So, or Rupa Goswami, or, or Vishwanath Chakravarti Thakur. Uh, these persons, uh, just from the material level, are far beyond the intelligence and purity of anyone you'd meet today, what to speak of spiritually. And so, they're the authority, and what do I know? You know? Well, oh, Prabhu, I got all A's in school. Great. You know, what have you seen? When was the last time you spoke to the sun god? When was the last time you traveled to Brahmaloka? What do you know? How many people are in the next room? Do you know that? So that was Prabhupada's point. You know, so whenever there's a doubt, I always think, Vyasadeva. Jiva Goswami, Vishwanath Chakravarti, Sanatana, go down the list. And Prabhupada used this argument. He said, people say, oh, this Bhagavatam, it's all mythology. He said, do you think these great acharyas are like sitting around having fun telling kids stories? It's like, that's what they do? It's not possible. So they accept this as Leela, not as mythology. There's, there's a man in India who's become extremely famous Explaining the mythology of Ramayana, Mahabharata, Bhagavatam, like that. And, you know, it's just like it's sickening, actually. Anyway, so that is one point. Uh, what time is class supposed to end? <laughs> I forgot the schedule here, so I, like, I, I guess we go, from what I remember, when I lived here, we'd go until devotees get hungry, and then they start one by one, you know. Or we, till we hear the pots banging in the prasadam room. Is that normally how it works? Um, I could make another point, um, but maybe I'll open it up for discussion and questions now. I'll repeat your question for the mm-hmm. Well, this brings up a, a, so he he's asking what's your name? Jason, Jason? Yes. there was a devotee named Jason. He went to India. They said, what's your name? He said, Jason. They go, oh, very nice name, Jai Singh. <laughs> your name is Jai Singh, Jason. Um, um, that means glorious, Jai Singh means glorious lion. So this is an interesting question. And uh, this is the kind of question where you ask 10 devotees and you get eight different answers. Because it's not... I'll explain the principle. Of course, it's very endearing 
to chant the names of the deities because the deities are our life and soul. So it, it just con- kind of comes out, you know. Even you don't want to. You think, I really shouldn't do it because Prabhupada never did it, so maybe I won't do it. And you tell yourself, I'm not going to do it 108 times. And you see the deities, you know. So I wouldn't want to say you can't do that because that's kind of like stopping a kid from eating halava when they're hungry. You can't have halava, it's got sugar in it. You know. So um, what Prabhupada was concerned about, as I understand, was that half the kirtan becomes Jai Radha Kalachanji, and you know the other half is Sri Guru Charna Padma, and one Hare Krishna Mahamantra at the end. The main thing of the kirtan is Hare Krishna Mahamantra. So if it's you know one two Radha Kalachanjis, it's not the end of the world. But a little deviation, we'll call it a little deviation. A little something becomes a little more, becomes a little more, and so that's the fear with anything that Prabhupada didn't do. We can't say that because he didn't do it, it's wrong. You know, you're, you're going to go, the worst, what could happen to you if you chant Radha Kalachanji? You're going to go to the planet of Radha Kalachanji, you know, for doing that. You know, oh, That's the worst that could happen, right? So, so, the, so it's a different principle. It's not wrong and it's not bad. You can't say that. But the principle is, well... Did Prabhupada do it? The fact is, he never did. He never chanted names of deities. He never chanted Jai Prabhupada to his guru. He never chanted Nitai Gaur. Nitai Gaur, um, Tai Gaur Haribol. Do they chant that in Gaudiya Math? Yeah, all the time. Did Prabhupada live in the Gaudiya Math? No. If he lived in the Gaudiya Math, maybe he would chant those. That's, you know, because that's what they do. That's where we got it all. Nitai Gaur Haribol, Haribol. We got that from Gaudiya Math. So it's kind of ecstatic at the end of the kirtan, and you can, you know, it's like when you jump the highest is when you hear that nitai gore, isn't it? And you build it up, and then you slow it down and build it up again. Then you hit the ceiling, you know. But if it's nitai gore, you know, for five, ten minutes, that's that's the problem. As um, that's as balanced a presentation I could make. Now somebody could say, let's just not say it at all because. If you say it a little, it could lead to something worse, which is true. But if we understand the principle, and the senior devotees understand the principle, if it starts going into something worse, they'll just go, Prabhu, Chant Hare Krishna. So I, I think, you know, because you're dealing with an expression of bhakti, so you can't just cut people, it's like you can't just cut them off like that. Don't say that, say, but don't say it so much that you're minimizing the Maha Mantra because that's the main that's the main thing. That's my understanding. And I would I would um, I would vouch to say from everything I read that that's more or less what Prabhupada said. Because he was asked, is it okay to chant? He said, Yeah, there's nothing wrong with it, but that's you know Oh oh then here's another question. Then you can ask another point. One devotee asked Prabhupada, he said is it true the Panchatata Mahamantra is more powerful? He said, yes, because there's no offense when you chant it. He said, and the devotee said, why don't we just chant on our beads? You know, if it's more powerful, common sense, right? This is more power, you know. This food is better for you. Why don't you eat it instead of this? It's got more nutrients. 
the Prabhupada's answer is because Lord Chaitanya said to chant Hare Krishna. That, that's just it. That's it. You know, it's not like, let's figure it out, let's do research, maybe I'll do a PhD and, you know, studying the Panchatattva Mahamantra and maybe we'll come to a conclusion we should change the Hare Krishna movement to the Panchatattva movement. And, you know, that that's the whole point of what I was saying in class. It's just like, no, this is the authority. Mahaprabhu said chant Hare Krishna. Discussion is over. Don't waste your time. You know, that, that's Prabhupada's move. So you had something else? Yes. I, th- I think the, the best, simplest definition of sahajya in relation to this class is one who breaks away from authority. And Prabhupada, Prabhupada said, they take things cheaply. So taking something cheaply would be like, Radhe, 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 Radhe. Like, who are you to even chant her name? Like, like who are you to be meditating on Radhe, Radhe? You've just, you know, been a devotee like a month. You know, that kind of thing. So we saw that in ISKCON, that there was a tendency, not amongst everybody, many devotees did not have that tendency, but there was a tendency for um, fools to enter where angels fear to tread, like go too fast, too high, and um, then you crash. You know, so you're trying to lift too much weight too soon. So build it up. Start with 30 pounds, then go to 35, go to 40. Someday you'll get to 150. You try it now, you break your back, everything. You know. So taking it cheaply means, you know, I'm qualified to go there. And so... Bhakti Siddhanta said, he said something like, we will, we will not live in Radhakund, we will live in Govardhan. It's further away because we're not, we'll stay at a distance because it's too high a place for us. When, when they were, Prabhupada first went to Vrindavan, they went to Sevakunj, or they went by, they didn't go in, they went by Sevakunj. It's a big wall. And then there's an entranceway, and that's where Krishna had his Raslila. I think the Autumn Raslila. And they said, Prabhupada, you, uh, um, can we go in? And Prabhupada said, I'm not qualified. I was with Prabhupada's godbrother, Sridharmaraj, and he was giving a darshan. And in the middle of the darshan, he mentioned something about the gopis, and then he went off for like two or three minutes talking about the gopis. And then it's kind of like he didn't realize what he was doing and then he kind of came back to consciousness and he said, I'm sorry, I shouldn't have spoken about that. He said, And then he said, that's difficult for me, I'm so attracted to that. But, you know, I was just a devotee at that point, maybe 12 years. So he, he apologized. That's, a, that's powerful. He apologized for talking about the gopis. He's fully qualified to talk about it. We're not fully qualified to hear it. And he said, I should not have done that. That's amazing, isn't it? So I've always personally felt a cautionary note, always from Prabhupada, you know. Just don't lift more weight than you can, or don't eat more chapatis than you can digest, because you'll get indigestion. But isn't weed healthy? Yeah, it is if you digest it. Isn't hearing about the gopis healthy? Yeah, hear a little bit, digest that. And then Shastra says, 
Sometimes you hear about it and you actually become disturbed because you see man and woman. And what happens when you see man and woman? What do you think about? Unless you see Radha and Krishna transcendental, you think about mundane love. Isn't it? I also heard, oh, there's two other stories. And then you can ask. This is interesting. Interesting. This is Gaudiamath stuff, so we wouldn't know this. I also was told uh, in Gaudiamath, they would read, they would do readings through the whole Bhagavatam and the whole Chaitanya Charitamrita. He said, and they would discuss, but when they came to the intimate leelas of the gopis, they would just read and not discuss. Interesting, right? The last story. Um, I was actually with Kostuba and and uh, Krishna Kripa. We were in Jagannath Puri. I guess it must have been the 90s. And we found a guest house which was owned by Goryamat. So we stayed there because it was inexpensive and it was big enough for us. And right across the street, they had a temple. So one day, we went in the temple. And in Goryamat, they do a lot of bhajans. It's, a, it's like like 5 o'clock in the morning after Arti. They do bhajans till 7. I don't know if they chant their rounds before or after. They do bhajans. Like doing bhajans is a big thing for them. So I always I always thought this song, Rupa Manjari Pada. Si Rupa Manjari Pada Se Mora Sambada So Vishnu John Swami was the first one that really, I mean, maybe Achyutananda sang it, I'm not sure, but Vishnu Janan Swami, that's where I learned it. I thought, did he make that melody up or is that a traditional melody? So we went there and they were chanting bhajan and they said, I came in with Kostuba and Krishna Kripa. I don't know if they remember this. It, it stood out for me. They said, why don't you chant? And I said, no, I want to hear you chant. And I said, would you chant Sri Rupa Manjari Pada? Because I wanted to see, do they actually use that melody? Is that the standard melody that Vishnu John got, or did he make up his melodies? Because sometimes he would make up melodies. Prabhupada give him a song, he'd make up a melody. And you know what they said? They said, we're not allowed to sing this song. They said, only Guru Maharaj can sing. Wow! You know this other song? Rita Kamala Kuchamandala hey. Prabhupada said we shouldn't sing it because there's intimate leelas in that song. I think in one verse there's intimate leela. He said don't sing it. Actually recorded. I mean, so many it's, devotees have recorded it, but Prabhupada said don't sing it. So that's how I was raised in Krishna consciousness. So I'm like, you could say in that sense, quite conservative in terms of not being not taking things cheaply. Like It's not that I don't want to hear about these things, but I've taken it, spoon-fed it myself, slowly. You know, And I wrote a whole song on Rasalila. I haven't recorded it yet. I put the whole thing into poetry. And I think, you know, after doing that, it's like, if you're in the right mood, there's no problem. If you understand it and you're qualified, then there's no problem. Garuda Prabhu did his whole thesis on Rasalila. And he, you know, he said, he said, look at this is the essence that we can't run away from it. It's the essence. It's the pinnacle. We want to dance with Krishna. That's it. But, you know, you've got to understand it properly. Yes, Dharma.
Krishna. Hare Krishna. Hare Krishna. Yeah. Um, yeah, so that's a good story. So, you know, at least become free from the modes of passion and ignorance. You know, at least situate in sattva, and then, then we can appreciate it. And uh, one thing that comes out of this is that, and like Krishna says, Janmakarma Chamedivyam Evam Yoveti Tattvataha, you, you can understand my lila in tattva, but what's the qualification to understand the tattva? You have to be pure. Um, so the 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 reward of all your austerity, the reward of all your purity, is that you can relish these exchanges between Krishna and the gopis. You can enter into that, and the punishment for not doing the austerity, not following your principles, is you can't. You won't be able. It's it's. It's just, you're blocked from it. You can read it, but there's a curtain over it. You, you can't get it. If, it. if you yourself have lust in your heart, you can't understand what love is. So when you pay the price of controlling your lust, then you get the reward of understanding love. When you don't pay the price of controlling your lust, you, you get lust, you get the pleasure of lust, but you won't get the pleasure of love, of understanding transcendental love. So that has always been a an impetus for me, you know, when temptation is there, and then I think, if I give in to temptation, all I'm doing is distancing myself from being able to relish Krishna consciousness, especially relishing intimate leela. So the more I become qualified by my austerity, by following the practices, by self-discipline, the more that this opens up to me. And so that's the reward, and that's the ultimate paradox, isn't it? Yes. Um, um, the ba- not the 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 Srita Kamala that song. That song he said not to. I'm not sure what the Mangalacharana is. Yeah, because there was a verse in there, I think, about some very intimate Leela. From my understanding, you, you know the story. Um, Bhakti Siddhanta wanted to publish Ujvala Nilamani and Govinda Leelamrita. It's all Madhurya Ras. Like where? Where Chaitanya Charitamrita, which is the highest end, <laughs> then you even go further. And so Bhaktivinoda Thakur said, yeah, you can print one copy for yourself. Nobody else is qualified. Of course, now these books have been translated and you can get them and you know, Rasabihari Law will, you know, he has them. So, um, and, you know, some devotees will say, you know, well, we weren't qualified then. And, you know, well, that's true. Um, but, I think many devotees will just feel more comfortable reading these things from Prabhupada's books. And it's always, there's no harm in being cautious. (laughs) Right? So, um, so sahajya means you, you, you take it lightly. So just don't take it lightly. That's all I would say.
I said what, old school? Yeah. Right, right. <laughs> Some people might like to not like to hear that from anybody, <laughs> isn't it? Um, how do you speak it? Well, I just heard a story the other day where Prabhupada was so heavy with somebody, like something we would never say, and he got away with it. So... Prabhupada had this power to get away with saying things that we can't say. Um, you know, it was something like someone was asking you a question and it was like, you know, just really, really almost insulting, you know, just to help them understand their position. And and I was in a class and Prabhupada said, um, old men and young kids can get away with this. Of course, I don't think in America you can get away with anything anymore. You know, political correctness doesn't matter how young or old you are now, isn't it? So um, it's it's our responsibility as teachers to try to understand how we can, can communicate an idea where people won't shut up, shut themselves down as soon as they, as soon as you say something. So that's for you to pray to Krishna. To think how how can I say this? Um, if one way, I'll just give you. How I understand it. One way is you can explain it from your own personal experience. I feel like this. When I became a devotee, then I started to realize that there are many things that I needed to improve in myself that I never noticed before. But as I became purified, I started to realize how conditioned I was. How I thought I was very spiritual, but I started to realize when I started cleansing myself, I saw... I wasn't as spiritual as I thought. So you're talking about yourself, and then you can you can let them think, oh, I also feel this way. And if they don't think that way, nothing you're going to say is going to make them feel that way unless you're a Prabhupada and just, rascal, puffed up rascal. There, Prabhupada chastised one professor, and the professor got really, really angry. He was a Hindu professor, and Prabhupada said, well, what is Hinduism? And the professor said, I don't know. It's a difficult question to answer. And Prabhupada said, you're a Hindu professor, and you don't know what Hinduism is? Sri Dhamadar, what, what do you call that? Cheater, Srila Prabhupada. And Prabhupada said, he is calling you a cheater. What do you have to say? And it's a big argument, right? And they had to actually pull that man out of the room. He was so offensive. And then like 20 years later, they met him and they said, you know, your Guru Maharaj chastised me. I deserved it. You know, it's like, so, you know, sometimes it's like with kids, right? They don't like to hear it, but, you know, after a while they realize you're right after they kick and scream. And Prabhupada understood people really well. So he knew what they needed to hear. We may not be that expert. So if we take a humble position, it's easier for other people 
to look at themselves. But if I say, you're puffed up, immediately your false ego is going to go, who are you to tell me? You know, that's a puffed up thing to say. You're telling me I'm, I'm puffed up. No, nobody but a puffed up person would say that, isn't it? But if you're saying, you know, I, you know, I was a very proud person and I realized this and that, and now, uh, taking the Krishna consciousness, it's really helped me. I'm trying, I'm trying to, be, I'm not humble, but I'm trying. That can touch people in a different way, right? And they're thinking, wow, there was a devotee named Jayananda. He was so humble that when you, it didn't matter who you were, even Adolf Hitler, even Donald Trump, in his presence, you would, well, I don't know about Donald Trump, but in his presence, you would become humble. He was so humble. It was like disarmingly humble. And, and it was like, it was like, as soon as you come in his presence, you realized how big your false ego was. It was so obvious, because now you're sitting next to a person who doesn't have one. So that's also part of being able to communicate is to be an example and then they see that example and they start reflecting. I'm not like that. Wow, this person's really humble. I never met anybody that humble. I didn't even know what the word, I never even heard the word humble. Did you ever hear the word humble before you were a devotee? I never did. I never, no, no use for it. No need for it, right? Hare Krishna. All right, is everybody hungry? Anything else? Okay. Yeah. Yeah, and just keep them till you become qualified to read them. There'll be an impetus. It's like, a, someday I'll want to become qualified to read these books. Yeah, that's that's it, you know. They're there to be read when we're qualified or to be heard from those who are qualified to explain them. But it's, it's quite interesting, you know. You look at all of Prabhupada's lectures and, you know, 1966, his lectures, some of them were more elevated than 1977 because he... He sized us up, and he goes, okay, <laughs> they're not ready for this. <laughs> but you listen to some of the classes, 66, it's like, I'm thinking, wow, Prabhupada's really talking on a high level. And then, you know, I understood, I realized, well, that's kind of the level that he was speaking on in India. You know, that's like, they're more qualified. Uh, and he comes here, and he sizes us up, and he goes, no, this is not working. I heard the same thing uh, happened. I can't. I may be wrong, but I heard when Narayan Marsh came, he did the same thing. He said, "Well, I want to give what Prabhupada didn't give. You weren't qualified to hear, so I'll give the higher thing." And by giving it long enough, he realized, "No, these people." Aren't. He he went back and started giving. You're not the body. You're spirit, soul. You're part and parcel of Krishna. Follow the regular. Are you getting up? Are you chanting your rounds? Four principles, not three, not two and a half. Sixteen. You you know math? Sixteen rounds. That's minimum. That's what I understand he was teaching. So it's all about qualification. Srila Prabhupada ki Gopramanandi Hari Hari Gaura Gaura Nitananda.